Hey guys, I am Stephanie Goss, and this is another episode of the Uncharted Podcast. This week on the podcast, Annie and I are diving back into the mailbag and digging out a letter that comes to us from a fellow practice manager who is struggling with being sick and tired of all of the sick days. This manager is struggling with a problem that I think all of us have faced at some point in time, which is what do we do when we have a team member who repeatedly calls out for their shift? It happens last minute. All of the reasons that this person is giving are really valid reasons, but the team is struggling with feeling like this person is never at work. And this manager is just wondering, how do I approach the conversation? I need them to start showing up for their shifts. And yet I want them to understand that I care about them and I'm not judging them. Let's get into this. And now the Uncharted Podcast. And we are back. It's me, Dr. Andy Rourke and Stephanie. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, Goss. <laughs> How are oh, you? Oh, that's a good one. I am good. How are you? I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> I, I am back to being frustrated at the world in a way that I uh, haven't felt in months. I was like, this pandemic thing is over. And life is getting better. <laughs> Everybody's going to get vaccinated and we're all going to be good. And you know what I mean? And it's going to be normal. And now uh, people are talking about mass mandates again. And I'm like, we are not. It's that, it's that feeling of like when you look around and you're like, are we really back here again? Yeah. You know, in, in, in whatever project you have, just the way that your heart can sink when you're like, we are back in the middle yeah. of a problem that I thought we were past. Like that is that is me living my life right yeah. now. Oh, I agree with that. I um I saw that one of our friends in the um uncharted community posted this to you know recently and was saying that they're in a place that has had a huge uptick in cases and so they their team had all been vaccinated. And yeah. so they weren't letting clients in the building, but they had stopped wearing their masks around each other because they all got vaccinated and they had someone test positive. And so they decided with the huge uptick in cases and the fact that, you know, people are testing positive after having been vaccinated, that they would go back to wearing masks. And someone on their team was like, I don't want to come back if we have to go back to wearing masks. And they were like, I love this person and they're, you know, great part of the team. And we've, we've come so far in the last year mm -hmm. and a half. And now we're right back to that square one. And it feels so defeating. Like I felt heartbroken for this person because I was like, now, are we really back here? Are we really back yeah. to where we're talking about losing team members because they don't want to come to work and wear masks? Like that just, it just sucks so hard to feel like we have come so far and yet <laughs> we're yeah. right back to where we were. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think I think a lot of us are uh I think a lot of us are struggling a bit with that right now. Yeah. And so that's it's a very multifocal problem. And um we you know you and I will start hacking it apart in the coming weeks and talking about about what we're seeing. And guys, if you have questions for us or things you want us to talk about specifically, send us an email. Uh the email address is podcast at unchartedvet.com. We'll put it in the show notes every week. Um, but send us an email and say, Hey, this is going on. Please can we please talk about this? Uh, honestly, right now, the problem for me and Steph is we have too many things yeah. that people want to talk about or that we want to talk about. And so getting input from you actually is really helpful in us figuring out what people really care about. So yeah, we were happy to take those questions. We have well, a an illness-related question today. Well, yeah, and that's the funny part about this one is that I think, um, like you said, in a lot of ways, we're right back to where, where we were in the beginning of COVID. And I think this falls in line. Like this is something that I have been talking about with, um, with friends and, and colleagues quite a lot recently, because I think we're back to everybody's tired mm -hmm. of all of this. And so, um, we got a couple of letters in through the mailbag and this one just seemed, they were all on this similar topic, um, which is that a lot of people are struggling obviously with staffing right now. And um, at the same time, a lot of people have people calling out sick and or taking mental health days, which is good, right? We've been advocating for our teams to take the mental health days when they need them. And yet we're all shorthanded. Everybody's struggling to keep up with the immense workload. And so uh, I thought that this was a good one for us to talk about. Yeah. 
we got uh, an email that said, how do you handle it when the same team member keeps calling in sick? And so they have a person on their team who has had 12 sick days in the last six months. This person has kids. And so most, a lot of them have been related to childcare issues or, uh, you know, sick, sick kid at daycare kind of things. Some of them have been personal days. And they said, all of them are totally valid reasons that I understand and feel like I can't reprimand them for, but it's becoming very hard to have empathy because it always happens at the last minute. And so then I'm stuck covering (laughs) the things and the team is stuck covering the things. And so they were saying that it's happening at a frequency that makes them feel like maybe they can't trust what that person says is happening is actually happening. And so this is a longtime team member. They're an amazing technician. They've been with the practice for a long time, but this is something that has um, happened over time. And this manager feels like the team is already stretched super thin and is wondering, how do you approach having a conversation with this person to tell them you need to minimize the number of call outs? but still keep it as a caring, compassionate conversation and avoid judgment on them for the reasons that they're giving. And uh, they said, sincerely sick of the sick days. So I thought this was a good one because I know that a lot of people are in the same boat. Yeah, no, I uh, completely agree. I think I think a lot of people are struggling with this right now. I'm jotting down notes frantically here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I, I think that a lot of us see this. Um, I, I think some, let me put, I'm going to put my finger on a couple of things. Um, a lot of people are spread thin. And so having someone not be there, I think is innately frustrating in a way that yeah. it's not when you're not, when you're not slammed, right? People are much more accepting. It's kind of like, oh, absolutely. You know, because the need, the need, the need is highest, right? Like when, when it's a slow day, nah, you know what, we're down a person, but it's slow. That's fine. It feels like the probability of having a slow day is very small. And so the probability of, uh, someone calling out impacting individuals on the floor is, is higher. That's not, it's not to criminalize yeah. <laughs> anything or anyone, but, but it's just, let, let's be honest. Let's call the thing, the thing, um, and say, well, yeah, right, right now people are maybe a little bit less forgiving than they usually would be. Sure. I think, um, I think that there's the emotional part, you know, I, context matters, right? Uh, context matters too. And I, th- I thought it was really nicely written where it was like, you know, these are these are good reasons and we've been really cool about it. We're getting to the place where I'm starting to have feelings, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, yeah. not, it's not how dare you be out. It's, are we doing this again? I'm starting to, to feel this. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think that that's a human condition. And again, I just want to sort of honor it by saying that, that it, that's real. And uh, every employer I think is going to feel feel that at some level. I think the trust issues of the team is really important when we say this is happening a lot and now the other people on the team are starting to question or be less trusting that this really is a necessary inconvenience for them. Uh, when you have someone who never calls out and they say, I'm too sick to come to work, that that's that's a necessary inconvenience. Right. Uh, when you have someone who you go, are we doing this again? After a while, you go, is it really necessary for us to be shorthanded today? I can't help but wonder based purely on the frequency with which this is happening. And again, I'm not trying to discount anybody, but I'm just trying to validate the emotions that you see um, that you see uh, with the team. So yeah, those are, those are all things that I think are worth considering and just knowing that you're going to walk into. So yeah, let's go ahead. Um, Let's start to get into the right headspace okay. to uh, to figure out what we're going to do. So let me ask you this: What comes first in this? Uh, is it is it planning or is it conversation? Do we have the conversation with the person? Is that the first place that you go? What do you do before you go have the conversation with the person? Oh man, um, I I I think my vote would be to to step back and look at things from a planning perspective and then have the conversation because I feel like when you have the conversation, part of it needs to be accountability. And I feel like if you don't have a plan for accountability, then having the conversation becomes a lot harder. Otherwise, it's just another, you're just making another conversation and there's no results that come out of that, right? So for me, I would say probably planning first. Yeah, so I think it's gotta be planning, right? And, And here's why, okay? When you have a big, scary problem like this, 
one of the things that we as leaders need to do is put this big, scary problem into context, yeah. right? Because here's the thing. I am not qualified, uh, capable, interested in being part of your healthcare situation, right? Like, right. like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm your employer. I am not, I'm not trying to be up in your personal business. I want you to have the privacy that you deserve. You know, I, I'm just not trying to be a part of that. And so I don't have an interest really in going and talking to you about your health. And that's not a good place for me to be. And it's not productive. Right. However, right. when I take this conversation, I put it into context. Now I'm coming to talk to you about attendance in the context of our practice and our protocols and our scheduling yeah. and our planning. And so I'm not trying to get in your business. I am talking to you about working in this structure and groundwork that have been laid down. And so mm -hmm. the first thing you got to do is check check the handbook. You love this. Go to the handbook. You got to you got to go you got to go to the handbook and say, okay, what is our what is our policy here? Yep. Yep. And I'm not, and again, this is, all right, so this is where the 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 true Jedi rise above. Um, I'm not telling you to go weaponize yourself with the handbook. Yeah. And I think that in a moment of frustration, it's easy to say, oh, we, you, can't, you, you can't do this. I, I, I was right here on page seven. It says, um, right. like, that, that's not, that's not helpful. That's not helpful if this person is sick. It's not helpful if they have a sick child. You know, it, it's um, the goal. Remember, the goal is not to win. The goal is to achieve a mutually beneficial problem-solving outcome. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's what we need to do. I want to go to the handbook and figure out what is the plan? Yep. What have we said is acceptable? What have we said is not acceptable? How have we set it up to handle these things? And then let's have a check-in meeting, given that this is what our policies are. Right. And I, and I can um, I can make it a much more productive, non-judgmental meeting uh, than if I just say, let's just talk about this. The other thing, if I just say, I'm just going to talk about this, I end up trying to do these things like suss out the truth. Yes. That's not it's not going to work. It, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like I'm not Columbo here. It's dangerous. Yeah, and it's dangerous. <laughs> it's super dangerous. Yeah. You expose yourself to a lot of liability trying to try to catch the person or trying to kind of poke holes in their stories or you damage that relationship for a right. reason that you don't need to. And so I'm not it. It should not. It's funny. I know a lot of managers who would be immediately like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to figure out what's true. Right. Uh, that's not it's not your job. And the, there are risks with those attempts. The better thing is to say, I don't care what's true. I have a policy. This is what the policy is. This is how it works. Yeah. We're going to work. We're going to work you through the system. And um, and yeah. I, and so I, I, that's why I say you you got to have you got to have the planning meeting first. I, I really think with a lot of these things, especially when you get into things like uh, like personal privacy, like healthcare, like things like that, you need to get boring fast. <laughs> you do not want to get exciting. Don't get exciting. Don't, don't, don't snatch the flaming raging sword of justice from under your desk and go to investigate a mystery of is Diana really sick or did she drink too much last night? Don't, uh -huh. don't do it. Get real boring and start pushing paper. And walking, oh, you know, and walking through it's, the handbook and like get boring. And so, that is the best way to go. It's so funny that you say that because I see so, I see so many conversations um, in groups that I'm in where that, that, that's our, I think our human nature mm -hmm. is to not want to feel taken advantage of and not want to feel like we are the wet blanket. And so for so many people, the immediate response is to do exactly what you said, which is to grab that raging flaming sword of justice and go look at their Facebook and see where they out partying the night before yeah. and then be real mad when you find oh. things that are incongruent in terms of in terms of truth. And oh. and yet that is a really, really bad way to go about it. Yeah. Hey person listening i'm looking at you i know yeah. what you do i know i know that you i know that when they call in sick you go on instagram uh -huh. and you look and you look for them and you look to see if they're do, like if it matches up and we've, some, we've all some of done you it. yeah oh yeah oh i've been i've had a freaking i've 
I've got like I've got like the post-it notes on the wall with like with strings running between the notes as we try. Stephanie's just shaking. Like, I think the strings tracking. All right, so she left the office yesterday at 6 p.m. Oh, she stopped at the gas station. We know because Daryl saw her there getting nachos. And then, well, and, you know. And that's usually how it happens, right? Like, usually there's somebody else from the team involved who's like, oh, well, they called out sick, but then I was out at the bar too and I saw them. And then it's <laughs> then it's a team conversation and then it's not. And, and that's for me is where, like as a manager, I totally agree with you. The smartest thing you can do is get boring and, and think about it from a true HR perspective. And I will tell you guys, it's hard to make that that mind shift because we all we we all work so closely together. We are all up in each other's business in a small practice, right? Like that's just the reality of our jobs, but it makes your job immensely more difficult. <laughs> well, we're also driven. I think why this is human nature. So all driven by a sense of fairness. Right. It's not fair that so-and-so can go out, have a good time, and then just call in sick and take the day off. And the rest of us uh, who have headaches, because we also went out, uh, (laughs) are sucking it up. No, I mean, it's it's not... I say that joking, but but you you know what I mean. It's not fair yeah. to the rest of the team. And no, people don't like to get cheated. They don't like yeah. to get taken advantage of. And so those things trigger real strong emotions of of fairness and fairness, sure. buddy. When you get into fairness, you get into deep seated tribal status and, and and emotional reactions. And so so I, I do think that we we see those things. But uh, anyway, I think all of that is I think all that is important. So so let's start to put this together into sort of a, a plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So for for me, I I think you're right in saying start with the handbook. For me, from a headspace perspective, I think the place that I would start is that you have to um, ask yourself and come up with the right answer to the question of do their reasons really matter? And from an HR perspective, the answer is no. You nope. don't want to get in the middle of their lives. You don't necessarily even want to know why they're sick or, you know, what what their excuse is in too much detail because it only gets you into trouble the yeah. more you know. And and to and to a lot of people who are sitting there going, well, then how do I the, the next step in the struggle for a lot of people is, well, what do I tell the team? And the reality is we overshare a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> in veterinary medicine and we shouldn't. And we should just, you know, when you when you work outside uh, in outside of a small business and you work in um, a medium or large size company, the reality is so and so's out today. Solve it. That's all you say. You don't know that their kid's sick. You don't you don't you don't have the details. And I think that's one of the things that I have always struggled with in veterinary medicine is that balance between having that family feel in practice. And I I know some managers who are listening right now whose heads are exploding because they can't fathom somebody calling out and not telling everybody what is going on because that's mm-hmm. just the that's just the culture. But yeah. I think I think for me where it really has to start is wrapping your brain around the fact that it doesn't matter. The reasons yeah. don't matter, especially if you're providing paid sick days. The reality is that's a benefit and they can use it no matter what the reason is. It doesn't matter. You're right. giving that to them as a benefit and you shouldn't have to know why. Yeah, I agree. I, I completely agree with the oversharing uh, comment. I, I think, again, I think it comes from a good place. It's not mm-hmm. it's not oversharing because we're part of a gossip culture. It's just human right. nature to be like, hey, our friend who we spend a ton of time with has right. a sick kid. Yep. You know, Garrett, uh, poor guy. I feel so bad for him. Like, right. But that is oversharing. And so when I say you need to get really boring really fast, part of getting boring is not having the details to share. Uh, right. Or, you know, and you're like, no, nah, she's out. That's all I got. Well, um, and and I think part of it, part of why we do that, in addition to knowing each other, is um, I know I have done it when you have to go to the team again and tell them that someone is out. It is much easier to have that conversation if you can create empathy you know, when it's, especially if it's someone who has an attendance problem to be able to say, Hey guys, I'm really sorry, but Janin's not going to be here today because her kid was in the ER last night. Yeah. That, that is a situation where it's very easy to create empathy for that person. And even if everybody is sick of that person calling out, they can dig within themselves a little bit easier and come up with empathy and say, it's fine. We'll cover no big deal. So much more so than if you have to just say, Hey guys, Shannon's out again today. 
and there's yeah. no reason or explanation. Yeah, I agree with that. I think another part of sort of getting your head straight and getting a plan ahead of time is uh, check your specifics. You know, um, I think it's I think it's interesting with with this. You know, they say, well, she's been out 12 times in the last six months. Well, good. At least I've got some numbers mm-hmm. to work on. Not it feels like she's gone all the time. Right. And a lot. And it's easy to have that situation, especially if you happen to be stressed. I don't know, because I don't know. Maybe somebody didn't show up for work today and you're really busy <laughs> and now you're having a panic attack and you're like, they never they're never here. Right. I don't even remember what car they drive. Like, yeah, that's those are the thoughts that we have. Um, get check your specifics, right? Like, yep. how, what is how what are we really talking about here? Uh, what are the frequency? Just because if it comes up, we we want to be able to talk about it. And when I say, hey, I just want to touch base with you on sick days and things like that, and where we are, um, and kind of what what we're looking at, and and uh, and just sort of talk talk some strategy going forward. Well, and unfortunately, so many of us manage from a place of chaos, and so. For a lot of us, when there is a problem is when we think to start documenting Mm -hmm. versus having documentation beforehand. Like you said, being able to say, well, it's been 12 days in the last six months. Six months for a lot of us, it's, well, we're going off that gut sense. And, you know, maybe we can look back at our text messages and see like the last two weeks, but really beyond that, what have we been tracking? And so that is unfortunate because it makes it harder for you to do your job in terms of accountability when you're not tracking it. And I see so many people ask for help in that moment and say, hey, I need a way to start tracking my my team's absences because it's already a problem. Yeah, <laughs> And that's a really hard way to work yourself back from. Yeah, we're really crappy judges of frequency over the long term. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. We, we judge totally. frequency on, on gut uh, feel. And so I have a hundred percent seen circumstances where you have two employees who, if you look at the last year, uh, one of them, uh, employee A, has taken a lot more time than employee B. But that time has all been spread out across the year. First, yep. employee B, who's been really regular up until the last three weeks, and now they've had a sick kid or, or whatever they right. had. <laughs> the reason don't three matter. Three call outs uh, the last three Fridays in a row, right? There you like, go. They've had three call outs the yeah. last three Fridays in a row. And suddenly this is a catastrophe. Right. And this person is never here. And you go, well, she's she's missed a quarter as many days as this other person yep. who misses one day a month over the last, you know, 12 months, 16 months, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I say getting into those specifics is, is important. And, and that's our dog or dovetails into another part of mine with things is just don't catastrophize. And that's part of getting boring is if you're like, she's missed the last three Fridays in a row, this is clearly a scam. And now other people are going to be resentful. And then they're going to start calling out on Fridays and right. we are going to have to close the clinic on Friday <laughs> because of a work shortage only on Fridays. Right. Um, yeah. That that's not going to happen. Like, let's just let's ratchet it down. But I understand that. I mean, I, I trust me, like that is how I am. I one of the personal development things for me that I have had to work on in, in the last few years is not uh, letting my imagination run up to this is bad and it's going to get worse. Like, that. Right. no, it's it is what it is. It's fine. It will be fine. Today will be hard, but well, I've had lots of hard days. And I think days. part of I think part of why that is so hard for us to wrap our brains around is because Murphy's law is when you do have somebody out, mm-hmm. the emergencies pile on, and it feels like a Friday the thirteenth or a full moon, and that is true. That is <laughs> that is a real thing, and so some of it is about just being able to um, take a look at h- how do how do we approach this from a place of, you know, like we need to approach the conversation from a safe space, but we also need to approach our overall review of what are we doing and how are we doing it from a systems perspective from a safe place as well. Like you need to be calm and rational when you think about this, because otherwise it is very easy to come from that place of catastrophizing and feel like, you know, the last three weeks when you called out sick on Friday were our three busiest Fridays that we've ever had. And so this needs to stop now. You're not you're not talking to them about their attendance issue. You're talking to them about the feelings that you're having because the team has had to work short on three of the busiest Fridays that you've ever had. And that's not that person's fault, nor is it really their problem, you know? Yeah. So so that's that's part of it is reining in and processing your emotions 
on how you're feeling, how the team is feeling about that before you start to look at it from a from a policies or pr- procedures perspective. Because a lot of times it is a knee-jerk reaction and it's totally understandable. It sucks when you have one of your busiest days ever and three people called out like that. That's a hard place to be in. And it's really does no good to go to the catastrophe victim place, which is where our human brains yeah. take us. Sure. I, I agree. I think one of the things that can be helpful in getting out of the emotional place and getting into the boring place is to check your tenses, right? Like when I'm going to have this conversation, are we talking about last week? Because if we're talking about last week, that's probably not good because last week right. is over and it is right. done. Uh, what I do want me to to make this person feel bad about last week because make them feel guilty about being out. Like I, that's, that's just, it's, it's, I understand that desire. It's childish uh, and it's not, and it's not helpful. A hundred percent understandable. And I would be lying if I was like, oh, I want you, I want you to feel bad because last week was awful. Um, I do, uh, but, but, but I'm going to rise above that, put that in the drawer with the flaming raging sort of justice and instead switch my tense to say, all right, what do we do going forward? Like what, what, what am I asking for, for the future? Where do we go from here? Because that is a productive conversation that I can have. Uh, that's not going to get me in trouble. And it's not me doing detective work. It's 100% saying, hey, can we talk about this? I want to get on the same page going forward. Or I want to have just a just a check-in about where we are. Mm-hmm. And that at that point, you know, we're moving on towards this conversation. But the truth is I want to come into this conversation with some asks uh, and sort of say, hey, if it's possible, these are some things that would really be helpful going forward. And mm-hmm. you might not have anything. I, I bet you probably do. And um, we'll, we'll talk about what those things might be uh, in, in a couple of minutes. But for right now, I would just I would say, okay, I'm not going to get mad about this person being gone last week, but I am looking at the specific number of times they've been out and I am a bit concerned and I'm looking at our policy and I see where we are in our policy and I feel like she should be aware of kind of where we are. I think that's just mm-hmm. good for her yep. to kind of just to be up on, hey, this, this is kind of where we are, just, just so you know, as opposed to, oh, surprise. Not only have you used up all your sick days, you've also used up all your vacation days, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 now we're past that. Um, mm-hmm. So 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 I want to let them know what's coming. But the thing is, is employees don't know what is best for us sometimes. You mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. I remember early in my career, I really desperately wanted to go to work, uh, and I felt like. That's what other people wanted from me. And they were really, you know, counting on me to be there. So I would get sick and I would not call in yep. until the hour before because I w- I'd be sweating in bed. And I'm like, no, right. I'll, I'll wake I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll <laughs> and my fever will have broken. And I w- I'm serious. And, yeah. and, I, and yeah. I will go in. And I remember people being angry when I called in sick. And I didn't realize that that could have been so much easier if I had if I had said to them at eight o'clock the night before, hey, I'm not feeling good at all. Right. And I'm just giving you a heads up now that I'm worried this might I might go downhill. Right. And, and just, but I just want to give you a heads up so you could start thinking about that, you know. Yep. And yep. and what I found was that people were generally very grateful for extra time to sort of say, all right. If work can't make it, what are we going to do? You yeah. know, are are there things that we can know first thing in the morning? Um, and, and but again, like I just I thought that I was doing a better thing by not saying anything until I was absolutely certain I couldn't make it. And I don't know if that sure. makes any sense, but that was one hundred percent where my head was. No, it totally does, and it's it's the same. It's the same as I mean, I was raised to have the work ethic that you show up to work no matter what and mm-hmm. you it, and you let them send you home. And so similarly early in my career there were so many times that I dragged myself to work with a fever or with the flu where I did not only myself a disservice but the rest of the team because once the germs come into the hospital mm-hmm. that's just how it is everybody freaking gets it and then you spend 2 weeks being short staffed instead of what could have potentially been two days if you had just stayed home and kept your germs to yourself. So yeah. it's, you know, it that is that is hard, but that's 
um, from a policy perspective, one of the best things that I, one of the best lessons that I have learned as a manager is to, to look at that and be really clear in my policies. And so when I, you know, when I started, I didn't have a lot of guidelines. The handbooks were often like slapped together with not a a lot of research Mm -hmm. or thought. And I learned through a lot of trial and error to think about those kind of things in advance. And so now when I'm putting together a handbook for my practice or I'm updating policies and stuff, I think about that because I, it can't be the unwritten rule, right? Like that's got what got us into trouble. So it has to be spelled out. And so it is absolutely spelled out in my handbook now for my team that if you are vomiting or you have a fever, um, you know, 100.1, which is the CDC recommendation, or you have, um, you know, gastrointestinal problems, stay home because that those are the three things that go through the clinic <laughs> like yeah. wildfire. And so, you know, I don't need to know. I it, just say I have a fever, can't come in like that's that is OK with me because I would rather figure out how to work short for those two days than have the whole team be impacted by working short for those two weeks when the next four people in a row get it. Right. And so that, I guess that's what I mean when I talk about planning for the future is if I'm going to go have a, a conversation with the employee, those are the types of things that are in my mind is, mm-hmm. are there ways that I could be communicated with that would make my life a bit easier Yeah, that I can let this person know? Because they might not know. They might right. think that coming in and getting sent home is is the most glamorous, or not glamorous, but is the most valiant, helpful, right. mm-hmm. dedicated way. And I go, that's not what I need. Uh, yes. <laughs> what, I, what I need is... I need instead, I need the opposite of that. I need you, I need you staying far away and saying something way before your shift starts, as opposed to you coming here and being sent home after your shift starts. Like that, that's what I need. But but yeah, so anyway, when I say switch to the future tense is go, okay, the past is the past. I'm not trying to make this person feel bad. I'm not going to revisit what happened last week, but I'm going to give them an update. I'm going to talk about where we are. I'm going to talk about the future and going forward and are there things that they could do possibly, possibly to help me. And again, I'm not going to say you need to let me know 48 hours ahead of time if you're going to be sick. I'm not right. going to doing that. Right. But I am going to make the point, hey, just things if that make my life easier. you call the night easier. before, that's easier. Exactly. Just, <laughs> just putting that out, you know? Yeah, and so, totally. so things like that. All right, cool. So those, that's the type of stuff about, about tenses, about not catastrophizing, you know, uh, getting in a good headspace to have the conversation, uh, assuming good intentions uh, on the other side. Uh, you're going to have a different conversation if you assume good intent on the part mm-hmm. of the employee who's been out sick than you are if you assume treachery, treason, and debauchery <laughs> are at a fault here. Yes, totally. So just choose to be happy and choose to think good things and to like the people that you are. I think that's a good place to pause in terms of headspace. And then mm-hmm. let's take a quick break and come back and talk about, okay, so if we know we're going to put down the flaming raging sword of justice, we're going to sit on our sit on our feelings of injustice don't, for a few yeah, minutes. I was like, don't sit on the sword of justice. But, uh, <laughs> put it down. Sit on our feelings for a minute uh, before we deal with this. And then uh, after the break, let's come back and talk about what do we actually do to solve this problem. Sounds like a plan. Hey guys, I just wanted to jump in really quick right here and give you a heads up on some exciting stuff that is coming your way really fast. On August 14th, over at the Uncharted Veterinary Community, my friend, Sanani Ratnayaka, is going to be teaching uh, her secret sauce the secret sauce to optimizing workflow. If you want to get your practice to run more smoothly, right? If you want it to be more simple, if you think things could just work better, but you're not exactly sure how to make that happen, Sanani has got you on August 14th. That's a Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern time, 8 a.m. to noon Pacific time. She is doing a half-day workshop on the secret sauce to optimizing workflow. That is free to Uncharted members. It is $199 to the public. I'll put a link in the show notes. And then I, yours truly, will be doing my 12 Steps to Critical Conversations on August 18th. This is a two-hour workshop. It'll be from 2 to 4 p.m. That's a Wednesday, uh, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific time. I'm going to walk you through 12 steps to get your head straight, to get your environment set, to uh, to help you figure out what your objectives are, to help you avoid landmines, to make whatever hard conversation you're dreading 
make it go easier. Uh, give me a chance, come and work with me. Let me show you how I look at this stuff and how I set it up. I would be thrilled to have you there. Again, that is going to be on August the 18th. It's a Wednesday and it is free to the uh, Uncharted members and $99 to the public. Links in the show notes. Guys, let's get back to this episode. Okay, so we're in a we're in a good headspace. <laughs> we've we've put down the flaming raging sort of justice and we're thinking about how do we how do we actually tackle the problem, right? So we right. both agree that the first place has to start is with the planning and the handbook and knowing what your policies and protocols are. And if you don't have them, um now is a good time to define them and I have to caveat that because what you don't want to do is define them and then go force them down the throat of this person who didn't have these rules in place when they had their last 12, six days and six months. Right. Like that's not fair. That's being punitive towards them for your, for your feelings towards the, your frustration towards the system. So if you haven't, if you haven't yet defined it, you can absolutely define it. And you can roll it out to your team, but you can't roll it out to your team by talking to this person and saying, well, now we have a policy. And so I'm going to hold you accountable to it. They get a Now we have start. a policy <laughs> and you are already in violation of the right. policy that I just created. Right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I say that because that's that's the knee jerk reaction is it, from frustration. And I totally get it. And this is where you have to suck it up. And you've got to give them a, a free pass in a way. And you can still hold them accountable. You can still tell them, this is my expectation moving forward. And you can define the policy for them, but you cannot apply it to them for the past if you haven't had it previously. So, so you have to start with setting your policy if you don't have one. And if you do have one, as you mentioned before, and you have to start with objectively looking at where do they fall in this policy? Is it really, has it really been a problem or is it just feeling like it's a problem because they've called out the last three Fridays in a row? Yeah. And then I think that once we start with looking at the policy and the handbook, um, my suggestion would be to just be really clear. There's a lot of different ways that you can go about it. But one of the things I think you have to look at is you have to take the personal feelings out of it. And you you mentioned this at the top of the episode. Um we have to get boring. And this is where I think it's really important to think on a bigger picture level. What are we doing with our sick benefits? I think yeah. it, for a lot of us, they our team members get some form of paid time off or sick time. And so the mistake that a lot of us make is getting into the details about that. And this is where I think we have to take a step back and look at if we are giving them sick time, they should be able to take their sick time and we don't need to know the details because if yeah. I'm giving them the days to cover those life problems, I don't need to know about that. It's when it goes above and beyond that, that I need to start to maybe have a little bit more information, but I still need to be really careful to stay <laughs> to stay out of their personal life on that. But that's where having conversations about, um, you know, changing hours or unpaid, uh, you know, leave of absence or paid leave of absence. Maybe there's something going on in their life where it's a type of leave of absence that legally we're required to offer them. Those are the details that I need to know. But that conversation shouldn't necessarily be started until they've used up their time because it's theirs to to use. Mm. And so I think one of the things that this email really got me thinking about is what is kind of average in terms of this the sick time or or time off, um, you know, because this um, sick of the sick day said, well, there's been 12 days in the last six months. And one of the things I wanted to see was, I wonder what is normal? Like that was the question I asked myself is what what is normal in terms of yeah. the number of sick days? And so I went diving for information because for me, that's how I can process easier. And so I was looking and there actually, of course, is a piece of the, the government that looks at that. There's an agency for healthcare research and quality, and they look at um, U.S. workers and how much time they take off for different reasons. And they parse out the data based on ages and are they married? Are they not married? Do they have kids? Do they not have kids? It was super interesting. And yet it fell exactly as you would expect. Older people who are more prone to have health problems take off more time and people who have kids <laughs> and or Mm -hmm. who are married or in a partnership who have someone else that they are taking care of um, are prone to take more time off than healthy, young, single people. And so it all stacked out. But the but the average was kind of 
14 days a week. I mean, a month. Uh, 14 days a week. 14 days in in a year. And so if we think about that, that's, you know, a little over once a month that somebody is calling out sick. And lots of us have team members that we can't remember the last time they took a sick day, let alone taking one day a month. But I think that's part of it is when we think about setting our policy is thinking about what are we giving? Is it reasonable what we're giving? Because I see so many of us have policies where we give three sick days or we give five sick days. If you get the flu once in a year, three days may not be enough. The last time I got the flu, I was literally did not get out of bed for six days. I thought I was going to die, thought I was going to die. And it was awful. And I can't imagine if my employer had been like, well, you used your three sick days and I know you have the flu, but I really need you to come to work. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So I think some of that is thinking about what is, what is real? What is kind? What, what are we currently doing? What can we do? And looking at this is where I would want to stack myself up to the average. If I know that the national average is people are taking two weeks off in a year and I'm only offering three days, that may be something that I want to take a hard look at and look at my team and and figure out, are they all taking more than three days, you know, um, and and start to think about how do we how do we take care of our people? You know, again, we've yeah. done a lot of converse, you know, a lot of conversation over recent episodes about have to take care of our people. We can't keep losing them. And yeah. so, you know, thinking about what is kind and how can we support them, especially, um, you know, when life throws curveballs, you know, it sucks as a parent to have to be like, I'm really sorry my kid's daycare is closed because my daycare provider is sick. That's not something I can control. Right. I don't want to call in sick because I can't take my kid to daycare, but I I may not have a plan B or my plan B might not be an option today. And it really feels crappy to feel like there's not empathy on the other side of that call because it's not a call that you want to make. You're not doing it intentionally. You're not, you're not trying to screw the team over. And, you know, and so I think thinking about it from the perspective of how do we take care of each other and what is kind when we are thinking about our policies is really, really important. I I think that that's great. I, I think it also does not uh, mean that we, sh- does not mean that we should not also think <laughs> think about um think about setting boundaries and and, mm-hmm. and doing things that are going to be fair for the team as well right yeah. so you can be kind and you can be very pragmatic and very very nice in how you set up your sick days and things like that and yeah. also have policies about when doctor's notes are required yep you know when Absolutely. um i'm gonna call it evidence but yeah but I mean, basically uh evidence of sicknesses taken you know to to count for these days so you're in the you're out with a flu for a week um you know is a doctor's note required is it is you know are are there other things that we do to say verify this and the only reason we do this and again i would not do you don't do something like this and say well i'm gonna need a doctor's note to the one-off case or say oh well she's been missing a lot and so now we're going to start making her bring doctor's notes. You want to have these things in place. As we said, you want to you want to get boring. It wants right. to just be, hey, this is how we do sick days, and what is the expectations are to count for sick days. And the only reason for that is to try to have some level of validation or accountability without getting deep into. I, mean, I don't care what you were at the doctor for, um, I, but I would like to have some sort of assurance. This is a medical, you know, mm-hmm. a medical issue as opposed to just, hey, look, you got to take my word for it. Uh, I had a runny nose and I was, I was out for the day. And again, mostly that stuff doesn't matter and it doesn't really come up and it doesn't matter until it does matter. Yep. And applying it to one person who seems to be missing a lot of Fridays without any sort of written validation justification, uh, that's, that's shaky ground that you don't yep. want to be on. And so the way around that is to say, I'm not looking hard at you. I'm not asking you for unfair things. In the policy that we made, we tried to build in some accountability for everyone mm-hmm. just to say, this is how we track sick, day, sick days. This is what counts as a sick day. This is what does not count as a sick day. When we get unexcused sick days beyond a certain point, we do start to treat them as missed days, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and no-show days. And so ultimately, there does need to be part of balance is 
I want to be kind and I want right. to take care of my employees. At the same time, I'm not going to be a sucker, who, you know, who lets someone just take advantage of yes. our team. Correct. And it's not fair that the reliable people who take this work seriously and show up and are there, you know, for the team, that they get crapped on all the time. And the mm -hmm. and other people are like, yep, you know what? I'm calling out sick today. Um, yep. And again, you can go too far down that road, and that's the path that leads you to the flaming raging sword of justice. Yep. Mm -hmm. But you would be naive not to look at that road and say, you know what? I want to make sure just by setting some good systems, policies, groundworks, yep. that that is not an accessible road that someone's going to go down. And I'm going to have to try to figure out what to do in response to that behavior happening. Yep. I just want to go ahead and close that road off and make that not an easy road for people to go down. And then I'm not going to think too much about it and I'm not going to worry too much about it because our systems are in place. And sure, somebody might call out when they're not when they're not sick, uh, you know, and that's just kind of one of those things. But it's not going to become a habitual problem that one or a few people just take advantage of again and again and again. And the people yeah. who are invested in our clinic and our patients uh, bear the brunt of them doing something that's not exactly above board. Uh, totally. And I think the last piece of it is, I think you're spot on, and it's also about not shooting yourself in the foot, is you have to think about what is detrimental to your practice and mm -hmm. think about your team as a whole. And so if you have a team of four and two out of the four people are missing, you know, a week, a month. That's a yeah. big problem. If you have a team of 36 and you have one person who has an attendance problem, that's a little bit less of a problem. And so I think you you have to think about it from the perspective of what are you giving them? What is your policy? What are What is your total amount of time off? And one of the steps that so many of us often miss is actually doing the math and figuring out, okay, if I have 36 team members and they all get a week of time off and a week of sick leave or whatever it is, how much time is that that I could potentially have to cover for the whole team in the course of the year? And once you know what that number is, do you have enough staffing to cover that? If everybody took their time and took their two weeks in, over the course of the year, whether they took it all at once or they took it a day, a month, can you can you cover that? Or are you constantly going to be working short-staffed? And then I would say, it's your job as the leader of the hospital in setting these policies to provide staffing that covers for it. And I think that's where a lot of us are shooting ourselves in the foot because we are trying to take care of our people and more and more of us are offering benefits like this, but we're not figuring out how to staff to accommodate for it. And so then we're stuck in that place of constantly being shorthanded and not knowing what to do. And it makes the emotions that we attach to it so much stronger because we feel like our hands are tied. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I would throw out as well, um, you know, it's easy when we have things like this and, and we start to wrestle with them to get fixated on the problem, right? The problem focus is just, it's just obvious. You know, you say, well, well let's talk about the people who, uh, who are not coming in or people who are missing and how we address them. I would remind everybody that when we talk about training people, um, positive reinforcement is your friend and yep. appreciation really matters, which means part of looking at our attendance policies, I would say is, um, especially if you're someone who's struggling with attendance, are we positively reinforcing the people who are reliable and who do yes. show up? Are we appreciating yes. the employees who are rock steady? Uh, because the problem is you take them for granted. Yep. You know, they, they're Absolutely. always there. They always yep. show up. They always put in the work. It's easy to take those people for granted. And so one of the things I would say is, you know, as we're looking at these policies and we're thinking about this, um, are we appreciating the people who do show up? Are, you yep. know, are those people getting opportunities? Are, are there things where we can say, hey, the fact that you are as consistent as the sun rising is not lost on me. And, you know, and and it is appreciated. And I, I want to reward you for that because I think mm -hmm. a lot of times it's easy to overlook that stuff and just focus on the problems and not to go, oh, I see these other people who are really showing up for me and, mm -hmm. and I want them to feel appreciated. So anyway, I just Absolutely. want to throw that, throw that out. 
I, I think that's so important. So when we think about how do we solve this problem, and then I, we're going to get here to wrap it up to the last question that Sick of the Six Days asked, which is how do we approach the conversation, right? So you have to set a policy. If you don't have one, you need to get one. And then you need to look at your records when you're troubleshooting this. And Sick of the Six Days did, but you need to know how many days are we actually talking about? And are there patterns or consistencies here that we need to look honestly at? Is it, you know, just a smattering of days over six months? Or is it, you know, every Friday um, for two for two months straight? Like that matters in the context of the conversation um, as it relates to your policy and, and your protocols. So you got to set the policy, you have to check your records. And then the question is, how do you approach this conversation? Because you want to minimize the days off, but you also want to keep it caring and avoid the judgment. And so I'll be curious to hear where you would start with this, Andy. But I, I this is where you take a page out of our friend Jen Galvin's book and start with, you know, kind of what happened. But I usually just say, hey, how's it, how's it going? And I start with concern for them. Mm-hmm. Like I noticed that you have been out a lot recently. You've missed six days in the last, you know, four weeks. What's going on? Is there anything I can help you with? And ask what's wrong. Because you can't help solve the problem if you don't actually know what the problem is. And I know some of you are thinking, but Stephanie, you just told me to stay out of their lives. You told me not to get the details. There is a big difference between asking them to justify why they're calling out sick and t- telling them that you notice a problem and you want to know what is going on so that you can help support them. And yep. it's a very tricky line to walk, but it is a very important one to um, distinguish the difference between those two and ask them, how, you know, what's what's going on? Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think there's a there's a way to say, hey, I want to be supportive of you. And I also want to be supportive of, of the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's kind of the sort of neutral territory that I yep. try to take is uh, it, it'd be easy to go and say, hey, I just want to know how I can plan. That seems unempathetic. Uh, you know, and, and I oh, think yeah. very, some very pragmatic people would be like, look, that's what I need to know is what, what do I, what do I need to <laughs> right. plan? Um, the optics on that aren't great. Uh, so yeah. I would, I would instead say, I, I want to support you and I also want to support the rest of the team. And so I, I want to kind of try to get some insight on what to expect going forward and, you know, and see how I can be supportive of you and also be supportive of them. Yep. And I think that that kind of puts us into a good, positive place to have that conversation. I totally agree. I would ask them what's wrong and then I would listen. And then the next step for me would be to offer my support and you have to explain the impact. They have yeah. to understand how it's impacting the rest of the team because it is. You wouldn't be having the conversation if it wasn't. And it's not to make them feel guilty or to shame them. It's right. just, hey, I can't I can't run surgery. You're our lead surgery tech. I can't run surgery if you're not here on Fridays. It's our busiest surgery day of the week. I, I need your help to solve this problem. That is very different than... <laughs> than making them feel like you are shaming them because the rest of the team is sicking, sick of them calling out. Yeah. You know, that, that's two totally different conversations. Clear is kind. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 but don't take that to the point of, I'm telling them very clearly how much of a pain in the butt it was when mm-hmm. they were gone and how many people cried. Right. I gave them the exact number <laughs> and the locations. Jenna was in the bathroom. Alex was uh, was in surgery. Uh, like, no, 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 not that. But clear is kind of like, hey, this is this is kind of what was going on. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think your example of, you know, you're the lead surgery tech on on Fridays and we we have to figure out how to staff surgery when you're not around. And mm-hmm. again, that's not your problem. That's my problem. Mm-hmm. But I but I'm looking for your help in ways that I can prepare or plan yep. or just to know kind of what, what's expected. So I think that that's a super positive conversation. The last the last thing that I would add is 
whenever you start to get into some ongoing conversations or you have ongoing or chronic healthcare issues mm-hmm. in your team, uh, maybe time to consult the old employment lawyer yep. just because um, if someone has a chronic illness, they have back pain, you know, they yep. have something like that. We do want to be fair to them. We do want to be fair to the rest of the team. Your state laws are going to be specific and Absolutely. they may be very strong and we don't want to flounder around in this area. So if this is something you say, we have this employee and they have a chronic health care issue, it could be mental health issue, whatever it is, you say, I want to support them without overstepping my bounds and without mm-hmm. uh, getting my team in trouble or getting my business in, in hot water. Um, and I just, I don't, I, I don't know what the rules are. I'm not a lawyer, yep. I, you know, yep. and so I'm going to reach out to my lawyer and say, hey, this is what's going on. Can you give me some guidance in how to support and interact with this person in a way that's going to be good for everybody? And that's um, a lot of times the vets kind of kind of laugh when I say, talk to the lawyer. They go, that's 250 yep. bucks an hour. I say, buddy. It's well <laughs> worth it. That's a cheap, cheap decision in some cases. It totally is because so I see so many uh, vet practices who assume because they're a small business that they, uh, the rules don't apply to them. Like they think, well, uh, FMLA doesn't apply. FMLA is not the only rule out there. And you are so, so smart, Andy. Like that is, that's the best thing that they can do. And it's money well spent. <laughs> and Yeah. And, <laughs> one one of know? the painful things that I think that you and I should keep doing on the podcast, and I, I hate to put it this way, but it's true. We need to dissuade small practices of the idea that they are too small to be accountable to the rules that they read about. It's like, oh no, my friend, you are not too small for the rules. Like, uh, and the fact that you don't know the rules does not mean (laughs) that you get a pass. They'll still find you anyways. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, I, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel fair uh, when you're, when you're on the side, on that side of it, but it's like, no, you, you, being being tiny and unaware are, are not excuses. And it's just like, yeah. yep, this is the modern cost of doing business. It is. It yeah. is. And so then the last piece of the conversation after you ask them what's wrong and offer your support and explain the impact is you have to long term hold them accountable. So mm-hmm. if you already had a policy, that's your opportunity to talk to them about how you're going to hold them accountable. And this is where you have to play your cards according to the rules. So you have to know, does does something like FMLA apply? If so, what are the rules that you're playing by? But if there, if there are none of those factors present, you need to own your own lack of prior accountability. And this is where y- you can be a rock star as a manager and level up here by saying, hey, look, I like I I putting this on paper, because when you see it on paper, it becomes so much clearer in black and white to say, look, you've missed, you know, 15 days in the last two, two months. And I know that there was a lot of good reasons and I totally understand every single one of them. You're already in violation of our policy. I want to fix this. I did not hold you accountable previously, and I'm not going to penalize you for those absences moving forward. This is what I am going to do. or you can choose to hold them accountable to your policy, but I will tell you that as as a, as a manager who has been in those shoes, it feels really crappy to have rules that you are applying sometimes and not all the time. And as the employee, that is a fast way to open yourself up to a lawsuit from a disgruntled employee to now all of a sudden start enforcing rules that you didn't previously enforce. So this is where my suggestion would be you know, talk to your employment attorney and make sure that you're covering your bases and then own this, own your lack of accountability and say, you know, I didn't realize that it was a problem. And now I realize how, where, where we're at. And I, I want to have a conversation with you about how do we fix this going forward? Because this cannot continue. This is unacceptable. You can still lay down the boundaries, make it clear as day that they cannot continue to violate the policy moving forward. But I would say what is in the past you can bring it to their attention, then let it go. Don't yeah. penalize that for them if you have not been holding them accountable to that point. And then the last piece for me is once you start holding people accountable, when you make changes, look, so many people think 
that they can write their handbook and then it can live forever with no changes. The reality is this is a thing that is constantly changing and needing updates. And you need to look at, is this still fair? Have we changed? Were we a team of four and we had different rules and now we're a team of 12? And maybe some of those rules need to change. This is something that is going to be a living, breathing document forever. And if you're not reviewing it once a year and knowing backwards and forwards, what your policies are are, and how you are holding your team accountable for them, then as a manager, this is where you have to suck it up and try try a little bit harder because that's that's part of your job. Yeah, I agree. Well, good deal, man. I think we uh, I think we got this all pieced apart and put back together and I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I hope it I hope it helps. I hope sick of the sick days feels a little bit more confident with how to approach it. But, you know, be be kind and be be honest. Talk about the impact. Ask them what's going on and how you can help them and then make it very clear what you need moving forward and how you're going to hold them accountable. Clear boundaries are a good thing for everybody. I don't want to be an employee and not know the rules that I'm playing by. Good call. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. See you, gang. Well, gang, that's a wrap on another episode of the podcast. And as always, this was so fun to dive into the mailbag and answer this question. And I would really love to see more things like this come through the mailbag. If there is something that you would love to have us talk about on the podcast or a question that you are hoping that we might be able to help with, feel free to reach out and send us a message. You can always find the mailbag at the website. The address is unchartedvet.com forward slash mailbag, or you can email us at podcast at unchartedvet.com. Take care, everybody, and have a great week. We'll see you again next time.